Welcome to Fine Tuning with Drew Taylor, your one-stop shop when it comes to animation, news, and commentary. I'm Drew's co-host, entertainment writer Jim Hill, and he and I are recording the show on Friday, February 12th, 2020. A crazy week for news for in animation, Drew, with obviously the big story being that Disney's decision to shutter Blue Sky Studios coming in April. The week that 450 people learn that they're losing their jobs at an animation studio, maybe not the best time to run the Inside Out Pixar feature that, that talks about how that animation studio has its own dedicated pastry chef, or for that matter, there's a facility manager who one of her duties is to help set up the elaborate indoor miniature golf tournament they, that they hold every couple of yeah. years. Yeah. You know, just not the right time. Right. right. <laughs> but, all right. Anyway, let's start with the news that officially broke like five minutes ago, the, the My Little Pony headed to Netflix. Oh. What what version of My Little Pony? This is so recent that I don't even know about this, Jim. This happened like five minutes ago. Evidently, this was the version that was supposed to be released to theaters, but it, Entertainment One, which is producing the film, sold off the rights to Netflix. Uh, it's another one of those situations where distribution rights for China were held back out of the deal, but it's supposed to land on Netflix later this year. This was also another former Paramount title. Well, yes, yes, you know, and Reed Hastings, the chief executive officer at, at Netflix, is, has flat out said that he's looking to challenge Disney for domination in, in animation. And we've got coming later this year, Mitchell's versus the Machines, which they, who did they buy that one from? That was from Sony as well. Wish, Wish Dragon was from Sony also. Yeah. And previously we've had Klaus. But they also the Willoughby's, which we just found out is shortlisted for the Animated Academy Award. Did you see that note I saying that SpongeBob is no longer on the list? I wanted to talk about <laughs> that. In fact, we will get to that in a okay. sec. And at the same time, look at the people that Netflix is making deals with. I mean, for example, Patrick Hill, the, the guy behind the wonderful Over the Garden Wall limited yes. series. He's now working on... It's a red wall feature and which to set up a series. Yeah. Does, does that sound? Yeah. He, well, he also, um, I think he, he wrote the screenplay for um, the Pinocchio, the Guillermo del Toro Pinocchio yes. that's coming, mm -hmm. which is another yep, exciting yep, yeah. Netflix and thing. Um, that's it. Yeah. Exactly. But again, here's Reed, Reed Hastings saying we're, we're going to challenge Disney for domination and animation. And here's, Blue Skies Nimona, which is 10 months away from completion. Yeah. You know, it was supposed to be theatrical released, I guess, January of 2022. You have an animation studio with a film that is 10 months away from being completed. You have Disney Plus, which is the, uh, the Grand Canyon equivalent of consuming content. Yeah, I mean, and if the studio is open until April, then it'll be six months mm -hmm. away or seven months away from completion, you know? It's, it's maddening. This is a film that's being directed by Patrick Osborne, who actually won an Academy Award for Disney with his Feast back in 2014. And it's not like this thing doesn't already have a built-in audience. It was It's based on a graphic novel by Noel Stevenson, who has had... Lots of success. Well, again, for Netflix, uh, with Shira and the Princesses of Power. Mm -hmm. And literally, you have a film that you're going to finish in 10 months. Couldn't they just have completed this thing and then shut it on Disney Plus? Yeah. 
I mean, there's people who actually move from the West Coast to the East Coast to come work on Nimona. Yes. Yeah, that's the thing that, I mean, they say that they're going to look for different positions for people in the company, but <sighs> Greenwich is not L.A. That's really far away. And, um, and and more to the point, we are still, I mean, yeah, I know there's vaccines. I know. But just yesterday, we had Bob Chapek at the quarterly earnings statements at Disney and basically talking about, yeah, well, expect the, the, we'll be mask-free by 2022. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's just sort of like, Oh. That that seems optimistic as well, I think. Yeah. yeah. I made some calls because it's one of these things where it's like, it just made no sense to me to, to literally be this close to the end and to, and, and it's ceasing production. It's not a question of we're going to shop it around. It's ceasing production. And I was told this is basically a monkeys of Mumbai situation. Do you remember the stories about, you know, how Kevin Lima actually walked that film around yes. after DreamWorks got sold off to NBC Universal? They had the blueprint of a, a film with a potentially hit score, but it was just one of these situations where DreamWorks wouldn't bend on, they had to recover all of the costs, every spent cent they'd spent on development. And, and eventually it was one of these producer situations where you know, it was worth more as a flop or a never made film than it would have been as a completed film. Yes. And that's supposedly the situation with Nimona, that by ceasing production, it allows Disney to have that much bigger a tax write-off. And people just poured their heart and soul into this. Well, if you'll remember, the good thing about Monkeys of Mumbai was that when people left the building... They took their files with them, Jim, and we have seen a lot of monkeys in Mumbai. So I am hopeful that at least so I would never, you know, I would never tell anyone to to steal any uh, intellectual property. But if you forgot a hard drive at home with a lot of this artwork on it, maybe even some completed scenes and you happen to take it home. You know, we would love to see that, I think. Right, Jim? Yeah, I I just so many people have reached out about how special this film was. And uh, all right, we're getting ahead of ourselves. We're supposed to talk about the second half of the show. Getting back to the news of the week, you were just mentioning about the SpongeBob thing. Yeah, this is Sponge on the Run that we're talking about. And in pre-pandemic days, this was supposed to get an actual theatrical release in summer of 2020. Then it was supposed to help set up Camp Coral, the series, and since then, there was going to be a, a video on demand run, and then it was going to CBS All Access, and then, you know, as anybody who watched the Super Bowl knows, this is helping to launch the, the Paramount Plus streaming service on, on March 4th. Was this really ever going to be seriously considered for an Academy? I mean, award? you and I have both watched it, Jim, via 300 mm-hmm. clips on YouTube that we have to put together. There we go. There we go. And I, I thought the animation... <laughs> Uh, was pretty strong, actually. And no, 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 absolutely. I, I think we we talked on a, a previous show. There's a sequence where all of the characters are inside of one suit of armor, yes. and they have to battle together. That is, I mean, that that's Charlie Chaplin, Buster Keaton level comedy. Yes, this also having been the third, or is it the fourth? Third, you know, SpongeBob. Third, yeah. third. Okay, but still, I mean, it's got some great vocal performances. I mean. I really liked it, but yeah, I guess they sent an email out to Academy members that said, oh, by the way, they're pulling this movie from contention in the best animated feature category, and it will be 
leaving the Academy screener website today. So I hope people watched it I, at least. I mean, yeah, I hope I hope so too. Oh, I, well, speaking of which, I guess there have been twenty six films shortlisted for feature this yes. year, best animated feature, and I'm happy to report that. Crude's a New Age is in there. Likewise, just last week, you were talking about how much you enjoyed Lupin the Third, the yep. first. That's made the short list. Also, that wonderful film that you wrote the making a book on, you know, onward. Yes. And Glenn Keane's Over the Moon is in here. Uh, even Scoob. But again, these are the 26 that will get uh, crunched down to five, I want to say. Yeah, four or five, depending on how, what, how the nominations go. But, you know, I think it's really going to boil down to Wolf Walkers versus Soul. Which is tough because they are both wonderful, wonderful films. They are. Um, they are. They are. But um, you did. S- oh, no, did on. you see the the list of the um, animated shorts and the visual yes, effects? Yes. Yes. Okay. I, I, in fact, I just called that up, and I'm so happy to see that Two Jared is included. That that one really, really deserves consideration. But also, did you see where Pixar's out? Yes. Uh, they see Stephen Clayton Hunter's there. Also, Burrow. So, yes. Which is your favorite of those two, Jim? That's hard to say because I love Out's message Mm -hmm. and it has a nice stylization, but at the same time, you know, it was so interesting to see Pixar do hand drawing. Yes, I agree. That's a hard one. Though, again, I I have to say if I'm I'm pushing a favorite now, it does have to be to Jerry. Right. uh, Just because... The notion that, you know, Taylor, the the former production coordinator, you know, managed to, to figure out just the right number of elements to pull that thing off. It's hope for us all, Jim. It's hope for us all. Three-way tie. That's, okay. that's what okay. I'm calling for. Did you see the VFX category? And did you see oh. what what particular title is in the VFX category? Oh, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Okay, scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Okay, I'm looking at the... Oh, so Soul is nominated for a VFX Oscar it, or it's in the short list. And it is the first time an animated feature has ever made the short list for visual effects. Wow. So that is huge. Is that the Jerry's, do you think? I or mean, effects animation includes everything from mm-hmm. particles to atmospherics mm-hmm. to backgrounds to water splashes to everything. So, yeah, I don't really know what they're pinpointing exactly. Wow. But it's still pretty neat. I mean, it's it, no, it's sort of blurring lines, huge. right? And sort of crossing boundaries in a really cool, unique way. So mm. I don't know. Wow, I, I missed that the first time around. That is yeah. huge. Holy yeah. cow. Pretty cool. Along with, you know, some great some great live action films like, you know, this Mulan, One and Only yeah. Ivan, Tenant, Bloodshot, Mank, I already said Mank, Love and Monsters. So pretty great list. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay, pivoting back to television here, uh, we got the news of the Clone High Revival. Yes, but they're getting two seasons. We did not know that. That's very cool. And it's headed to HBO Max, which is also great. Yeah, I'm kind of hoping with it away from MTV, you know, because again, toward the end, didn't it get that kind of controversial because of the, what was it, the Gandhi thing? Oh, yes, yes, yes. All right, well, well, cool. You know, it's nice that 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 has a safe harbor there. But did you also see that that close enough is getting a second season, Jim? I did not. Yes, it'll be out in in uh, on February 
25th. This is what I mean by there's so much news, Jim. I, I didn't even mention this when we were talking before the show. Wow. Okay. Well, speaking of, this is somewhat sad news because, you know, this is, we now, well, again, you know, not to stir up trouble again, but again, you were the guy who, who broke the news about, you know, that DuckTales was in its third and final season. Blocked uh, by number we, one DuckTales Twitter fan uh, site, <laughs> Duck Talks, Jim. That's how, personally, they took this. I am, I've been banned from Duck Talks. But anyway, yes, go ahead. I'm so sorry. <laughs> All right. Well, we're now getting to the that last nine, um, Monday, February twenty second, and these uh, episodes coming up are the ones with the Tailspin crossover, and uh, let's see other uh, projects that have gotten uh, announced just in the past week. We have our spinoff from Scooby Doo, Velma, but with Mindy Kalin. Yeah, people seem to it. think now, that it might be like a almost a Harley Quinn type angle, which I, I think would be really? very cool. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Okay. And speaking of, this is a show that could actually end up on sci-fi in, in another world, but it's going to the CW, the uh, the Powerpuff Girl live action show, which is being written by Diablo Cody. What do you make of this, Drew? Uh, I'm into it. I mean, I think it's going to be an interesting new thing. Um, mm-hmm. I can't wait to see what she's got cooked up. Because I, mm-hmm. I really like the property and I love Diablo. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to be live action. It's going to be, they're older. The, you know, it's going to be really interesting. Do we know if Professor Newtonium is still around at this point? I or? don't know. I think there's going to be, I hope that they actually do investigate the kind of relationships between the characters in some interesting ways. I think there's some some room to explore some interesting sort of territory there, Jim. But. Okay. We'll see if I mean, it gets just, picked up, right? All right. All right. I'm just such a big fan of the original. I mean, Tom Kenny's, you know, the mayor and, and you know, Mojo Jojo. But I just, it was one of these things where it's like, you're going to do that and age them up and do it live action. It's like, okay. Well, I, I, what do I know? I, I was the one who looked at the Sonic movie and went, okay, that that's not going to work. And, you know, we just, and I found out this week we're getting Sonic 2, right? Do, 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 yeah. We, we have to. We have a release date, uh, April 8th, 2022. But again, this is coming from Paramount, and I'm a little concerned because didn't we just get Rumble pushed off to 2022? And let's be Uh, honest, they're both going to be on Amazon Prime. Uh, You know, hmm. Paramount is not like releasing movies, but Sonic 2 made a lot of money and they see it as a viable franchise. So we'll have to do, Jim, at one point, the story mm-hmm. of how there were two different Sonic the Hedgehog cartoons on at the same time. Oh, that's a great story. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. We'll, we'll put that in the to-do pile. Okay. And and speaking of things we're, we're, we're about to do, we're, we're about to do a, a deeper dive on the whole Blue Sky story. We'll be right back. We talked at the, on the front half of the show about how it just it makes no sense to shut down Blue Sky with Nimona, you know, just uh, 10 months away from completion. But that this is a studio that's existed for 34 years now, Drew? Well, yeah, and what's what's interesting is that they, they were formed out of another VFX company that Disney shut down after the failure of Tron. So That's right. That's you know, right. It is sort of a, a beautifully cyclical story, although one that is still rather <sighs> depressing. But, yeah. Yeah. 
and Blue Sky has had a huge impact on Disney. People forget that kind of came on the map with Bunny in 87, which we were just talking about. Shirts that were animated for, uh, for Oscars, and you know, Bunny was definitely in the pile that year. But it was Ice Age, which arrived in theaters March 15th, 2002, that you, know, you can draw a straight line from Ice Age coming out and making as much money as it did for roughly a third of what Disney was spending on animated features at that point to the closure of uh, feature animation Florida in 2003, how they, they regrouped and they were going from having animation studios in France and, and Florida to just one and, you know, everybody's in house and, you know, we're going to CG. I mean, remember that. Uh, yes. In fact, it was, wasn't till 2006 when Lasseter came through the door that Disney at least flirted with bringing back, well, again, remember, we used to call it traditional, but John insisted we change it to hand-drawn. Right. They were definitely a player. Well, I also feel like they they set the model of lower mm-hmm. budget and also outside of Hollywood um, mm-hmm. sort of framework that Illumination has mm-hmm. embraced to a much bigger degree because they're in France, obviously. And yeah. Blue Sky was just in Greenwich. But both studios mm-hmm. made these movies for a fraction of the cost of a Walt Disney Animation Studios or Pixar mm-hmm. budget. Yeah. Or DreamWorks, for that matter. So, yeah. Andrew Milstein, who, who'd been with Disney since 97? He goes out to Connecticut after Disney completes the acquisition of Fox in the middle of 2019. And, and Spies in Disguise is coming in for a landing at that point. And they do some retooling, right? I mean, you know, I, I want to say they brought in Reba McIntyre to voice the head of the special spy organization, that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, it seemed like they did some recasting, and then they didn't they bring in Mark Ronson to do some mu- new music? They and, did. They yeah. did. Yeah. So Nimona was the next one in the pile, and you have a, an old Disney hand in Patrick Osborne. You have an intriguing project, you know, or the graphic novel with our already built-in audience from Noel Stevenson. It just makes me crazy that all these talented people out in Connecticut are, are going to be cut loose in, in April. And again, where are they going to go? Yeah. In a weird sort of way, yeah, you can draw a parallel to what happened when Disney shut down Feature Animation Florida. And when they were, they, you know, were talking with those folks in 2003, it's like, we will take a certain number of people with us out to California. And that kind of just boiled down to Mark Hen. So 300 people, but we'll take Mark. <laughs> there were a few oh. more people. I think Byron Howard was down there too. And okay, yeah, that, that's yeah. that's probably true. But so two people, yeah, well, it's a very small light bulb. Yeah, I guess we, to be fair here, we need to to read the statement that Disney gave to the Hollywood Reporter. Given the current economic realities, after much consideration and evaluation, we have made the difficult decision to close filmmaking operations at Blue Sky Studios. Please note the filmmaking operations. Yeah, because Blue Sky Studios is still going to exist in some form at Disney, if only for the, the licensing arm. And we've yeah. got that yeah. spinoff coming next year, right? Yeah, the Adventures of Crash and Buckwild or whatever. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if you if you go if you listen to our show from December, Jim, you will hear me say that animation that they showed during Disney Investor Day was not yeah. Blue Sky animation. Yeah. So. Mm. My haunches were up uh, at least that far back about the fate of this studio. Yeah. But yeah, mm-hmm. it's really sad because 
I feel like they could be used in a number of different capacities at the Walt Disney Company. No, um, absolutely. Absolutely. And the other thing that's maddening is that, that there's this library of characters that Disney is, in fact, going to use. In fact, Imaginary has been working on some Ice Age related ideas for a while now because this is a, the 18th highest grossing film franchise in Hollywood history. You know, those, those five films have made $3.2 billion. So it's like Disney has this set of characters that people love that they they want to bring into the parks, that they want to do more things with, but it's just not going to be done by the Really For Real Blue Sky team. It'll be done in-house or more likely contracted out to somebody. Yeah, at one point, wasn't it the highest grossing animated franchise of all time? It was. It was. Yeah. So I don't know. And, you know, and again, that that's another story we have to do at some point, because I, I remember, I mean, again, I, you know, been keeping tabs on, you know, Blue Sky forever. And, you know, I remember when they were looking for the voice of Manny and, you know, at one point, Robert De Niro and Steve Martin were the two top candidates and Ray Romano kind of came in sideways on them. They couldn't cut a deal with, with De Niro or, or Martin. and. Romano was was available and affordable. And he says, hey, it's me, Ray Romano. What is his animated feature doing? My Ray Romano for you, Jim. That's, I, 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 I applaud that sounding. Okay. But, you know, it's, well, it, it's kind of the, the Billy Crystal Toy Story situation all over again. You know, the, right. I remember when they went to him for Buzz and he just, I don't get, oh no, at that point it was still Lunar Larry, wasn't it? Uh, in fact, I, I, I remember talking with Billy Crystal at one point. It was Little Larry. All right. Do you, would you want to voice Little Larry? Or if they told me it was Buzz, Buzz Lightyear, that's a cool name. I would have played Buzz Lightyear, but, but Lunar Larry. Right. <laughs> All right. Anyway, folks, we're, we're getting a wee bit off track. Uh, but in putting together uh, your show notes today, you wanted to point out that Blue Sky actually had a hand in some really big films outside of animation. Yeah, I wanted to point out two things. One is that they, at one point, Fox, after Fox had acquired them, they were a half of an animation studio, half a visual effects company. And they actually contributed, I believe, to the um, spaceships in Titan AE, which is an animated film, but oh, not an animated right. movie they made. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and then they did stuff like the Penguin in David Fincher's Fight Club. Mm-hmm. They worked on Gore Verbinski's Mouse Hunt. They worked on that amazing sequence from Alien Resurrection with the um, the aliens swimming underwater, which is maybe the mm-hmm. best sequence in that whole movie. Um, uh, and so, they, yeah, they contributed amazingly to these different movies. And then the other thing that was sort of buried in the announcement, but was mm-hmm. that Andrew Milstein was leaving the company. And I just wanted to talk about him for a minute because mm-hmm. that sure. guy is a survivor, Jim. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah. you know, you talked about how he, he came to the company in 97. Um, he was a, just a production executive. And then he became general manager of DreamWorks Images, DreamQuest Images, when Disney bought them. And then oversaw the Secret Lab and then mm-hmm. became executive vice president and general manager for Walt Disney Animation Studios and Disney Toon Studios. And then became president of Walt Disney Animation Studios. I mean, I cannot, in the modern Disney era, I cannot think of somebody who has lasted through that many regime changes and in that many positions 
during such a tumultuous time in the company because 97 was not the easiest place to be and and the no. secret lab was a huge disaster yeah. uh, you know yeah. so yeah. Yeah, yeah i would love to i would love to talk to him at some point and see what oh, that no, was no, like no. for him and, and in fact that was initially when Disney bought Fox and everyone was like a third animation studio, but it was like when Andrew went over to blue sky, it's like for a lot of people that telegraphed, okay, Disney's taking this seriously. They sent, you know, I mean, president of Walt Disney animation studios going over to blue sky. Okay. That's a great gesture that suggests they're serious. They're going to stay. And it's like, no, we, here we are less than two years later in 34 years, you know, of doing great work. And, you know, it's all done in April. So, uh, I, honestly, our heart goes out to the folks at Blue Sky. If anyone wants to reach out and share some stories about what's going on there, we, we'd, we'd love to talk with you. But in the meantime, um, if you're looking for some great stories to listen to, there is always Light the Fuse and Light the Wick. And what's going on over there now, Drew? Oh, I don't even know. Charles, Charles's wife went into labor this morning, so I don't even know oh, what, where wow. we are on things. He is, okay. but he is, you know, could be, he could be another a father again right this instant as we are oh, as we are speaking. Oh, I so um, very easy labor and a, a a beautiful and healthy uh, child. So um, yes, oh, so yeah, okay. we are we are keeping going with the uh, light the wick for the next little while. And as I told you mm-hmm. at some point, we will um, circle back to the great Paul Hirsch and all of his amazing stories. Um, so yeah, mm, we, will, cool. we will get e- in cool. depth. Yes. Okay. Well, if you're, you're not listening to uh, light the wick or light the fuse, uh, you can head over here. Uh, and we the Jim Hill media podcast network. We've got, uh, Disney just with Lentesto. We've got Marvel Us Disney. Just recorded a brand new Universal Joint with Dustin Fuse, which uh, in fact should be posted by the time you folks hear this. I am working on a brand new Looking at Lucasfilm, which will deal with the whole Kara situation. I'll tell you what, folks, though, if you could do Drew and I a favor, if you get out over Apple Podcasts and rate and review, not only light the fuse, light the wick, but also the show you're listening to right now, fine tuning. Uh, that would be helpful. If you really, really, really like what you heard here, if you want, uh, could head over to Bandcamp and subscribe, that helps as well. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram as Jim Hill Media and on Facebook at Jim Hill Media News. And uh, sorry about the, the quick fade out here, folks, but Drew has places to go. And can you tell folks where you're going to be tonight? Because this is kind of a cool bit of animation news. Yeah, I'm I'm going to a a Disney Plus drive-in um, date night drive-in for Valentine's Day, and I'm going to go see uh, 1991's Beauty and the Beast, which is going to be super duper fun. I cannot wait, and I will dutifully report back next week um, and to see what you know how it was, what what surprises there were, and um, yeah, there's going to be a a big like three course dinner that they're serving and all this fun stuff. So I'm I'm looking forward to it. It'll be a lot of fun. Okay, just a suggestion: try the gray stuff. Okay, uh, <laughs> that's going to do it for tonight. Thanks for listening, folks. We'll be back soon.